All right, guys, you're very welcome along to Heartlines. This is episode 18, and uh, I'm going to close off my kind of ship friends. Who better to close off than a good friend of mine and a very funny guy indeed. His name is Russ Nagel, and he's America's funniest biker. So, hello, Russ. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I hope you're doing well. You're, you're over in, in Dublin. And over in I Dublin, think you're in yeah. Dublin, right? Yes. So, I assume you're, I assume you're drunk. Uh, which is fine. Uh, well, <laughs> sometimes I, like it was it was a long lockdown, so you know, I had a few days here and there. We didn't get too crazy now, you know. I know, but you know that seems to be the uh, stereotype yeah. uh, of of Dublin. Uh, and you know, matter of fact, I used to work with the one guy on the ship, and uh, which you may have known him. We called him Irish Bob, and uh, he uh, we, he used his intro was. He would tell people he was from Dublin, Ireland. Yeah. When Harry would say, and I used to go, just tell him he comes to you all the way from the crew bar. That's where he, all, <laughs> that's where he was. Really <laughs> was he was he a, a piano man or a, a, a comic or a, what, what, what? He was a, he was a entertainment staff. That's okay. what he was entertainment, oh, entertainment staff forever. Oh, okay. okay, yeah. And he was a comedy club host for a long time, mm-hmm. and yeah. he might have made it to. I think now they call it uh, senior senior cruise entertainment staff, or uh, but I think he may have been able to uh, direct uh, cruise direct one or two times when the cruise director had to go to maybe a meeting or something on land. Yeah, for but sure. But yeah. mostly he was a senior 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 host. I believe that's yeah. what they call him now. I don't. Uh, they keep changing them on me. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Well, they used to call us comedians, and now they, uh, they call us unemployed. It, it'll come back. I think everyone in the entertainment industry um, is, you know, in the same position in regards. They can't do what they love. Like, you're a, you're a comedian. That's your, your, your job. But you, and you want to do that job, but you can't do it until it's safe to do so. And, that, and that's the most important thing. Until it's safe to do so, you cannot do your job. You know what I mean? That's true. Uh, that's true. I cannot do my job on cruise lines because on they're cruise lines. Yes. On cruise lines now. And there are a few comedy clubs around the United States that have opened at a, a diminished capacity. We'll say okay. 30 to 50%. Yeah. And I've able, I've been able to perform at two of those since March. Uh, so it's not like they're every week and it's, I don't know if it's enough to hone your skills or, or to keep your skills polished, but uh, yeah, we, right now I can't do what I enjoy doing the most, which is stand-up comedy on cruise ships and or packed comedy clubs around the United States. So, so recently, recently you actually went, is there TV on the other room or a radio or so is, is that what's on? There is a television on in my, uh, because we're babysitting the grandkids. So you're here in the background? Here, here in my house. Yeah, go in my house. Um, mm-hmm. I've got the upstairs, and yeah, there's really, you know, I tried to use somewhat of a background. A lot mm. of guys have a background. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. If there's nothing on my wall over there, yeah. So, so I'm I'm, fa- I'm at my dining room table facing my kitchen, mm-hmm. and, which is also the living room. It's it's uh, it's an open open floor plan. Yeah, open nice. plan, and then yeah, it yeah. goes back to the three bedrooms, and yeah. then downstairs in my basement. I have the other rooms, but my wife is working from home with her job. So yeah. therefore I can't be down there, but I yeah. will take care of this. Uh, hold on one second. I got a call. Randolph. Unique. All right. No more SpongeBob or Spider-Man or whatever. I'm looking up there. I don't know what we're watching. <laughs> now you said, okay, so I know you as Russ Nagel and 
Yes. You're a very funny guy and you've Thank been you. at it a lot. How long have you been doing comedy? How, how many years have you been doing comedy? Yeah, I get asked that a lot. Um, I first started, I, I quit my regular day job in September of 1989 and my first road gig mm-hmm. and the only job that I've had since uh, was October 3rd of 1989. This is the only job that I've had since October 3rd of 1989. I actually stepped on stage probably uh, May of 1987 and okay. and worked out in clubs and, and did, did a few things around the country. Mm. But as far as full-time, this is the only job I've had October 3rd, 1989. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, it'll be 30, 30 years this year, 31. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> don't make me do math. <laughs> well, from the South, I've already got my shoes off, so I can, I can count up to 10 and I know what an elephant looks like. <laughs> and I could probably repeat the last five words. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. No, but. go on. Tell me. I, I, I missed a joke. Go. What, what, what does uh, that mean? Uh, it's, it's, you know, people that are listening to think, uh, recently, the president of the United States took a, a cognitive test. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's actually, it's been proven. Well, I shouldn't say that. I've read where it's been proven. It's actually a test that they give to uh, patients that are, uh, let's see, almost diagnosed or about to be diagnosed or are diagnosed with Alzheimer's and or okay. dementia. Okay. And um, it's that sort of test. and. Mm. One of the questions on the test uh, out of the 35 questions is, I think it's three pictures and yeah. it, and you have to circle the elephant, you know, oh, okay. and you have like a giraffe yeah. elephant and, you know, yeah. whatever other animal there is. And from what I understand, I don't know, I haven't taken it. Maybe I would fail. Yeah. It's a very easy test. And another question was, you know, count back from, uh, 100 to by seven, which you know would be 93, 86, and, and yeah, so it's on. a bit tricky after a while, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. It, it makes you think a little yeah. bit. It makes mm-hmm. you think a little bit, and uh, so uh, it, it was making a joke, kind of a jab towards our president. You know, yeah. which don't don't not you, but people that may listen to this, just just roll with the joke, okay? Yeah, that's yeah, another yeah. thing with comedy. We can't do anything anymore. We, yeah. we can't talk about uh we, we can't talk about anything we're gonna hurt somebody's feelings totally no that's it, it's it's <laughs> it's the way the way the world you know like it's the, a political correctness in a way like comedy you know you have to know where to draw the line but sometimes you have to get to the line before you draw you know what i mean you've got to figure out True, what's yeah what's the you know wh- where where is the line you know now you're from the south. Where are you originally from, Russ? Whereabouts in the south are you from? South little America. Place, little, little place inside my mother. Uh, don't <laughs> say you've been there. <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry. That was wrong. Go on. You know, okay. Okay. Since I cleared this up on my Facebook fan page uh, a few months back, I, well, I'm from Louisiana. Okay. Or we like to say Louisiana. I'm from yeah. Louisiana. Yeah, I was actually born in Hamilton, Bermuda. So a lot oh. of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that, but I was born in Hamilton, Bermuda. My father was in the yeah yeah. So the military was this or 
he retired from the Air Force, and okay. he was stationed in Bermuda. Mm-hmm. And uh, my sister and brother, older sister and brother, were already born, and um, my mom flew over to Bermuda with two of my siblings, and uh, I was born there, September yeah. the fifth, in nineteen fifty nine, and we moved back to Louisiana in. So I was nine months old, and yeah. I grew up in a little town called Bossier City, Louisiana, which is about two and a half hours east of Dallas, Texas. That's okay. where I'm originally from. And you live, where do you live now? Now I'm residing in Utah. I'm Utah. about 40 miles, yeah, about 40 miles north of Salt Lake City. Uh, and I've been here since December of 06. And okay. I tell people this is what I call God's country. Yeah. I absolutely love it here. It took me about about six to nine months to get acclimated. Uh, when I moved here, it was five feet of snow on the ground. And then we went through, had a beautiful spring. Yeah. Uh, we had a beautiful spring. And then, then the summer came and uh, brutally hot. I didn't think it would be that hot, even though we don't mm-hmm. have the humidity. Like in the yeah. south, but those 93 and 110, 100 degree days, which I understand people listening or watching have hotter days than that, but it was really hot. Then we have a beautiful fall and then yeah. right back to the winter, which I absolutely love the snow. We're what you call here in the United States, we're in America. We are a red state. And, oh, uh, oh okay. A red state. Yeah. I, I would say. Well, the majority of my state is conservative Republicans. Uh, I'm one of the few. Mm. Well, I'm a registered independent, but okay. I lean, I lean way to the left. I'm very liberal. Yeah, uh, I'm very liberal. Matter of fact, my yeah. wife and I we do it with the doors open. You know, <laughs> no, that we don't really. Uh, <laughs> I'm not talking about our bedroom door. I'm talking about our 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 entrance door to oh, the neighborhood, okay. Oh, okay. Our garage yeah, door. The mailman. Yeah, 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 we do it. With, <laughs> yeah, we do it with the garage door open, and uh, so we can scare the neighbors and the children. They go, "Oh, look, it's Halloween again." That's so scary, mom. So no, Utah is very conservative, very more so. Uh, yeah, and and the majority of my family that I have, I'd say the majority. Uh, I think I have one family member on my wife's side that is liberal liberal there might be two okay yeah, yeah. but the, the majority of the family here are conservatives yeah and uh, and that's fine we, we we disagree on many many things yeah but we don't disagree that the virus is a hoax we don't disagree on no that. no i mean you know that's yeah i mean like medical professionals you know hospitals around the world are, are, will tell you that is not a hoax it, it's not a conspiracy it's none of that you know it's real it's it's kept a lot of people away from their loved ones for months you know and hopefully we get a, a vaccine soon but no one knows you know no one no one has the power to know well exactly uh, you know i know we don't want to get off into all that it's mm. it's not a it's you know you can't here's the thing is you and i yeah, we're not going to convince anybody to change their minds as they're not going to convince me to no. change mine. No. I try to, I try to absorb all the facts that yeah. I can get and I make up my own mind. And most of the facts to me tend to lead towards that. This is a very bad virus uh-huh. that 
came from China, was not developed in a lab. That's been uh-huh. said by our Secretary of State, uh, Pompeo. Yeah. It was not developed in a lab. It's not a biological weapon. Yeah. It, uh, it, it kind of got crazy. They should have yeah. let us know about it. Um, it's killed a lot of people. Yeah. And it's not going away after our presidential election yeah. on November the 3rd. Yeah. That's the big conspiracy. And if it was a conspiracy, if it was a conspiracy supposedly led mm-hmm. by, the, by the House Democrats yeah. or the Democrats in general, how did the Democrats – 180 plus other countries to play along with us. It's true. You know, yeah. Did, yeah we, a, did we call you guys there in Ireland and go, look, yeah. we'll buy you another beer. <laughs> if you act like this is, if you act like this is fake, you, you know, some people you can't convince. You yeah. Know, uh, now we're going to, we're going to bring it back to comedy because I feel we're just going off okay. on tangents here. Uh, so, so, what did you do before comedy? You were you were working at a, a nine to five job, or what were you, what were you up to? What were you doing? Almost nine to five. It was actually eight to five. I mean, I, of course, I've had numerous jobs. Uh, For sure, yeah. I had numerous jobs. I was yeah. twenty nine when I got into comedy. Okay. Uh, I've had a, I've people don't believe this. I've had a full time job since I was fourteen years old. Uh, even when I was in school at fourteen mm. years old, I had a full time job. And then in 1917, uh, 19, no, in 1976, mm. when I was 17, I joined the United States Navy and, and did my tenure there and came out and got married. And I worked a few jobs uh, with my first wife. And, um, but from 1983 mm-hmm. until 19. 19- 89, so it was approximately six to seven years. Yeah. I thought it was longer than that. Uh, I actually, I'm the original cable guy. Oh, <laughs> I'm the okay. original cable guy. Yeah, yeah. I worked for cable television in my hometown. I started off in the construction aspect mm. of it, uh, digging digging mm. uh, trenches and laying cable mm. in those type of yards or along the utility poles. Mm. And then I moved to, uh, I moved to installer where I came to your house and installed your cable. Yeah. And, then I moved to service technician where yeah. I came and repaired your cable. And then I fell into comedy in 19, uh, actually the middle part of 86, early part of 1987. And from there, like I said, the rest is, the rest is history. So before this was cable television. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of guys working on ships, comedians and performers, they, mm-hmm. they have lots of military background. Is there any correlation between, you know, being military and then getting, Going, going oh, into comedy or on ships? Even? I, I don't think so. You know, a lot of a lot of people, maybe even yourself, when you were younger, said, mm. you know, when I when I get big or when I get older, I'm going to be a, a fireman or I'm going to be yeah. a policeman or I'm going to, you know, I never knew that the only reason that, that I went into the United States Navy yeah. is because that particular judge, he gave me an option. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I can yeah. yeah, either... <laughs> Go go serve my country, or just go serve a little bit of time. So uh, I chose to serve my country. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got out in 1980. Yeah. And uh, um, I, you know, I I had no clue I was going to be a comedian. It was mm. not something that I grew up. I mean, I grew up watching Bob Hope on the USO tours. Yeah. Or, or some of these. You know, like shows, Johnny Carson mm. and mm-hmm. things like that with 
comedians, the Buddy Hackett's, and yeah, even even the newer comedians in the in the late seventies, early eighties, the Steve Martins and the Billy Crystals, those type of guys. I may have yeah, the yeah. dates wrong. I watch those guys. Yeah, and I never said, "Wow, that's what I want to do." Yeah, I just started it. Having a military background, not necessarily the Navy, but a military background, maybe in the in the Marines or the Army, uh, that helps you. You know, in case you get a heckler, yeah, know, you might yeah. be able to take them down. But totally, yeah. You know, me oh, yeah. being a Navy guy, mm-hmm. I could I can just hit them with a mop. That's basically, <laughs> yeah, uh, the Navy guys. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't do a whole lot. I, it wasn't like I was a seal or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. painted the boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you start out, when you start out performing comedy, okay, so you're 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 building up a kind of a, your brand and a name for yourself, and 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 getting your, your material together. Yeah, uh, your act was always your the biker persona, or would you just start up being Russ Nagel when you're performing? No, no, that that was not uh, when I started out. Mm. My well, my, my of course, my full name is Russell. Russell, yeah, and yeah, and you know, my first early headshots and. When I went on the road and would yeah. work clubs, they would say, please welcome Russell Nagel to the stage. Yeah. And that, to me, were, were too many L's. It was mm. L's in the, so I yeah. shortened it to Russ yeah. and chose that as a stage name. Yeah. Er, well, early on in my career, I was working at a club in Florida. And because of the style that I do of, of just one-liners, mm-hmm. um, a, a club owner nicknamed me. He, he wrote an article about me. And and said I was like a machine gun, just just the rat a tat tat of of jokes, you know, not long setups, mm-hmm. just, just a, a a premise, a setup, and a punchline. Yeah, and what we call a tag, a tag, and a tag. So mm-hmm. you know, I can do, I can do six, I can get six to eight punchlines in one minute, mm. as opposed to some guys that or women, it, it both it takes them one minute to set up to get a great punchline yeah. or more text. Payoff, so he, yeah. he started calling me the machine gun. He started calling me the machine gun of comedy. Yeah. So for the longest time, that's what I was referred to, referred as, because in this business, you need to have some sort of a hook. For sure, and yeah. he referred to me as a machine gun of comedy. And the biker thing came out. People think that the biker is a character. That's not a character. Um, I've been riding motorcycles since I was uh, – about seven years old, mm. and I'm 61 now, almost yeah, 61. Yeah. Uh, there's only one stretch in my life where I didn't own a motorcycle, yeah. uh, and that's when that one particular judge said I couldn't go back in the military. Yeah. So I've always had a motorcycle, and okay. I've always considered myself not hardcore. You know, I'm not, uh, I don't belong, or I'm not a patched member of a motorcycle club. But anyway, yeah. so the biker thing came about in 2005 when I was living in Las Vegas and a friend of mine was performing in town and I wanted to go see him and I rode my motorcycle to the club and he asked me if I wanted to do a guest spot. Uh, it was his show. Yeah. If I wanted to just go up and do seven to 10 minutes, but I was dressed up in my biker, had my chaps and leathers okay, and, yeah. and a bag and yeah. had all that stuff, my rings and mm. I had knives and I just, you know, mm, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. said, man, I'm not, cause this is back. I used to wear, Started off jeans and t-shirt and a button-down shirt. Then I went to a uh, – when I say I used to go up in slacks or jeans and a vest, 
of yeah. vests, like what motorcycle. I believe, at least my friends from the UK, uh, from from Great Britain, they yeah. call that a waistcoat. Yes. Am I saying yeah, a waistcoat? Yeah. yeah. See, in America, we call it a vest. So yes. I wore that for the longest time, and uh, then I, at one point, I was when the, the sweaters were in style. Mm. Uh, then I went to a, uh, I went to a, just a sports coat. Mm. a sports coat, jeans, and a t-shirt, and a sports coat, made my way up to a suit and tie. So at that point, I'm in a suit and tie. And when I created or came up with the idea of America's, I went on stage that night in Vegas, mm. and I said, man, this is the hook I'm looking for. And I, I changed to America's Funniest Biker. That's how I decided I would start doing my shows. I got yeah. out of the suits and ties and uh, created, not necessarily, I, I created America's Funniest Biker, the comedian, uh, yeah. not, you know, I was already the biker. I just needed America's and the funny. But yeah, I started off in suits and ties, basically. Yeah. And uh, since 2005, uh, I've billed as America's funniest biker, mainly because people that are listening right now that have never seen me before, and you probably don't have a clue what my name is. Maybe, maybe they don't. But they, when they come to my shows, when they've been on the ships or when they went to a comedy club or yeah. a venue, Hey, when are you, when are you going to have that biker guy back? Yeah. We like the biker guy yeah. or we hated the biker guy, but you know, when we were on the ships, you're on the ships and you were hosting the shows. Mm. Uh, pe- people didn't remember our names. They, they couldn't no. tell you who, who I was, but they, you know, please welcome America's funniest biker, Russ Nagel. So yeah. that's the hook that I, that I came up with. That's yeah. if you, I don't know if you can see this is, you know, me, this is, I'm sleeveless. I people, somebody asked me, do I cut the sleeves off of every one of my shirts? Yeah. Uh, this outer shirt, uh, this comes like this. It's called a blowout. Mm. It comes sleeveless, mm-hmm. but all my t-shirts that I buy, uh, if they have sleeves, yeah, as soon as mm. I get home, I cut them off very seldom. Do you, yeah. do you see me? Uh, there you go. Tough guy, pull your sleeve up like that. That's, mm. uh, yeah. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the suit and tie people, mm. people, some, a lot of times and ask yeah. me in interviews on, uh, television, not television, but radio shows when I'm promoting yeah. my shows. Um, when did you come up with this character, American? This is not a character. This is me. I'm at home. I'm at my house. This is how I dress. Yeah. And this is the suit and tie, all that stuff before this. Yeah. That was a character. Yeah. That was a, that was my persona on stage. This is my persona on stage and off stage to this day. Yeah. So basically like I'm saying it's a character because people don't know that it's a character, like, but also until I, until I actually knew you, uh, I met you on the ship, I would have perceived you as a persona. But then when I talked to you and realized you're into bikes, I realized this guy is being himself. He's just basically telling stories about his life and, and his family and, 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 you know, his world, you know, cause you are, you are big into bikes uh, and you built up that kind of brand yeah. of America's Funnest Biker, and that's how people know you. And it, it, it's uh, it's your calling card, you know. I I think so. Uh, I think so. There's numerous mm-hmm. people. Uh, again, it's it's in, in this business. In my business, you have to have a hook. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm sure there are numerous good comedians from mm. from from Ireland. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know them, but yeah. you know, when you until you get a name like somebody that's from from uh, Great Britain or from England, like like Eddie Izzard, you know, he, he's got the character. Well, I don't think his is a character of a transvestite. Uh, you like him? Over you, here you, in like, the you, States, you like his oh, style of comedy? 
Eddie Izzard is he's, just great. Yeah, yeah he is really he's good. Fantastic. He is. Yeah, to he's me, good. again, these are my opinions. But over here in the States, we have, you know, we have Carrot Top, very easy to remember. We have Larry the Cable Guy. Okay, um, yeah. You know, the, the guys that don't have a catch name yeah. or a hook like that, yeah. you remember because of their style, such as Jeff Foxworthy, uh, you know, the Ron Whites. Yeah. Um, uh, Jim Gaffigan. I needed a hook yeah. to sell myself because of, of what I want to draw, what, the people that I want to draw. In comedy clubs, you know, I don't draw hardcore bikers. I draw what I call the weekend warriors, the people that ride their Harleys mm. uh, just on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, uh, and, and some people may want to call me that. But you know, I just steam, did a yeah. 900 mile trip. I did a 900 mile trip last week on my motorcycle, 435.6 miles from my doorstep to my hotel. And then another six miles to the, to the gig and another 435 miles back home. All in, I rode over on Saturday and rode back on Sunday, about seven and a half hours on a motorcycle. What was it like to gig was, um, in this in this climate? What what what, what was it? Reduced sizes in, in audience. What was it like to perform to like maybe a smaller audience or just like a, a, a socially distanced uh, distance audience? It, it actually was. It was great. It was actually yeah. great because a lot of people were just happy to be out of the house. Yes. a lot of people were just happy to be out of the house. Yeah, and the room that I worked. Uh, it, it would seat normally approximately 100, 125 people. It wasn't a yep. very big room. Mm-hmm. And they had it socially distanced. I believe they had 50 people in there. Okay. And they were, spread, they were spread out. Yeah. But it, they weren't spread out kind of crazy. I had people, you know, six, eight feet away from me on the stage. Yeah. And, and, and the way they were spread out, it's still made for, a, for an excellent show. Good. It's great. Um, it, it it was fun to be back on stage. Yeah. Most part fun about being on stage. This is gonna sound bad. Come on. Was I go to sleep and I was getting up and getting back on my motorcycle. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I could ride my motorcycle numerous times, but mm. I pref- you know, a lot of times we like today we're babysitting the grandkids and yeah. Uh, if I need to go somewhere, I'd have to take them with me while my wife works. And so I can't ride my motorcycle, but I yeah. enjoy long trips. Uh, when you get out there, put your head in the wind and running at whatever speed that you run, like to yeah. run, is either have your music in or just listen to the sound of the wind. It's just something that I look forward to. Um, it's, it's what, it's a difference between, it's what I think is a, well, I shouldn't even say this, a motorcycle enthusiast. My dad was a motorcycle enthusiast. My yeah. dad rode motorcycles. Well, uh, I have a picture of him holding me while I was nine months old on oh, wow. his Vespa scooter. So he's had a motorcycle all his life. He's passed now. Yeah. Uh, he passed at 88 years old about seven or eight years ago. Age. And he rode a motorcycle. Up until he was, he always owned a motorcycle. Up until he was about eighty, yeah. Until he could no longer hold one up. Oh wow! So, but he was an enthusiast. Uh, he he enjoyed having it, and he would ride every Saturday with him and mm. his friends. And they would go get coffee, and 
it's different than that than my brothers and me who get out there and we ride hard and we ride fast and we just mm. basically live to be on that motorcycle. Yeah. It's kind of my definition of a biker, yeah. I guess. I, I totally, probably totally wrong. If I'm, if I'm taking a long trip, uh, um, uh, like I, I recently, not recently, mm. uh, when I got this hog, I gave my son my other motorcycle, and I flew him from Louisiana, and then we rode back to Louisiana. That was about a uh, about a sixteen hundred mile trip. We did that in about two and a half days. I rode with him, and I really enjoy riding with my two younger brothers. Mm-hmm. Both of them both ride. Actually, everybody in my family rides. Yeah, my yeah. Wife there rides. you go. My, it's a family my affair. My brother's wife. Yeah, the, we all have a motorcycle. Everybody rides in my family. Yeah. But when I ride with my brothers on a long trip, we're not stopping at every Harley Davidson shop yeah. in order to buy a T-shirt. So, yeah. that, it's, so when I ride with a group of people that want to do that, I, I make a joke about, God, I feel like I'm riding with my kids because they have <laughs> to have a souvenir from every city that we go through. Mm. And the only t- when I'm with my brothers, the only time we stop is yeah. for gas. That's it. We we don't stop. But my brother, one brother, to take pictures brothers, or yeah. No, nah, we don't do that. Nah. We, we, if we take pictures, I could send you some on Facebook. I have <sighs> pictures of us on the motorcycles while we're riding. Oh, I have wait. a picture. I have a picture of my brother riding at about. We're on interstate, so we're doing at least 70 miles an hour. Wow. He's riding. He's riding. This is dangerous. He's riding mm. in shorts. Mm-hmm. He's riding in shorts mm-hmm. with no shirt, and he stands up on the back floorboards of his yeah. motorcycle and takes his pants down and moons us from behind him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's That takes some technical... Uh, uh, yeah, that's a balance of crazy and skill altogether. And I, I'd probably yeah. say it's more crazy than skill. It's and stupid. Safety. It's, it's, yeah. it's, actually, it's actually crazy. I'm yeah. going to... Uh, I'm going to see if I could... While you're chatting with me, I'm going to see if I could send you this picture. Yeah, send me the picture. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm a, I, I might post it up when I post up the... the yeah, that, the, that would be hilarious. Yeah, uh, I will. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. But you know the one thing about you and I've learned and I've, I've tried to incorporate... And I love, I love, to, I love to see it in other comedians. Is they don't, you don't swear on stage. That's your thing. You don't, you don't, you don't swear on stage at all. Well, is that always a thing for you, or is it something that you, you've, you've adapted? No, uh, I've never been what we call a blue comic. I mean, okay. don't, I've had my shows where, where I'm dropping a lot of, lot of curse words. Yeah. But I never was that person that that did it a lot, especially. Yeah the 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 f word or something yeah. like that now i might say a, a few of the other ones that you can say on television like maybe bitch or hell yeah or damn. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that i kind of would say yeah and uh I, it's just never been my style yeah. and then when i work and do the adult shows mm. on uh matter of fact okay just for instance when i worked in cheyenne wyoming just yeah. uh july the 11th mm-hmm. i did an hour I did an hour and six minutes, and I think I said either hell or damn one time. I think. That's I, all. I, I may not even. Yeah, I didn't wow. say any F words. It's just, it's not me. Mm. Uh, I think sometimes people see the biker, they, they, they misconstrue that it's going to be a dirty show mm-hmm. or 
because we're sometimes judged, I guess, yeah. and of course with my tattoos. But yeah. I've never been that way that used a lot of language. I don't knock people that do it. That yeah. That's what they want to do. But, yeah. um, you know, with Carnival, we do the adult shows. I do adult material. You know that. Oh, I do yeah, adult yeah. material oh, yeah. that I can't do in the kids show or the, course, or the family yeah, friendly yeah. or the yeah. PG or PG, show. They call it, yeah, PG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't do that material there. But it, it's, it's, you know, like when I work for Princess Cruise Lines, mm-hmm. I have to do two different 45-minute yeah. squeaky clean PG yeah. shows. They're actually G shows. Yeah. Uh, I think I have gotten uh, spoken to by the entertainment director on Princess uh, for being a little too edgy. Oh, really? Of, of certain things that I've said. Maybe not necessarily a curse word, but something that I didn't think was edgy. Mm-hmm. but but somebody in the audience did say something to the management or the, the cruise director. So yeah, I've never been one to, to, to be the cursed guy. I, it's just, it's just not me. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I like to call my show adult humor without the vulgarity. That's what I try to call my shows. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I don't, you don't, it's not, it's not like, you know, sweary, like, some some comedy shows can be like because it's eighteen plus you can just swear and, mm-hmm. and 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 filter the swear words into your into your set because people don't mind an, an f word or or an f bomb or whatever they don't mind about that but you just go for the softer swear words not swear words per se just kind of subtly kind of like I well I I know what you're saying yeah. Um, it's it's just not me. I mean, you you look yeah. at some of the bigger name comics, mm. uh, like a, a, the only one that's coming to mind right now is is, is uh, Chris Rock. Um, but I'm sure there are others, and then there's a lot of mm. comics that people have never heard of that use that language, and but it fits their style. Yeah, and people know what they're getting. Mm. Uh, another, for instance, my mother uh, went to see. Uh, she went to see, um, I think it was either Rosie O'Donnell or, or Bob Saget yeah, or George Lopez. Mm-hmm. Some, I can't remember. And she was just not prepared for, for mm. what, what they were saying. Cause you know, people yeah. that remember Rosie O'Donnell remember her from her show, uh, stand up spotlight. I believe it was called on VH one okay. in the eighties. And then she did numerous comedy specials. She had her own television show. She was on The View. And when she would do her comedy specials or go come to your hometown, she would cut loose. She was a blue comic. Now, you mentioned you mentioned bigger comics. Now, like, I mean, for me, you're, you're a big comic in the ship world. I, I, I put you up in the top, I'd say top five of all I've seen. Oh, I, even top three. I think you're, you're top notch. You're always... You're always well, appealing to you. every audience, even the young and the old, even though you don't swear, or maybe you've just given up on swearing. Because some people swear <laughs> and it works, you know. But, <laughs> but, but what I want to talk about, uh, you know, because you, uh, YouTube, for example, I know you, you're very popular with dry bar comedy. Can you explain what dry bar comedy is? I, I can't, uh, but first let me say this. I'll yeah. try not to speak harp on too long. First of all, it's very sweet, very nice for you to say that you would put me in the top three or top five yeah. uh, of your list of comics. I know that you've seen a lot of comedians perform I have, uh, yeah. on on the ships and yeah. even off the ships, but yeah. on the ships. And we have a great roster 
of comics. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I would, if I would put me in the top five. <laughs> That's very nice of you to say, and I do appreciate it. Dry bar comedy is something that was started here in Utah and uh, it's produced by a company called Vid. Okay. He is in Victor Vid Angel Studios. Yeah. And what they did, Vid Angel Studios um, started off, they were purchasing movies from Hollywood. And what they did, they would purchase these movies and put it on their website. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a subscriber to their services, you could make any movie a PG movie or a G rated movie. Let's say you took a movie like the uh, Goodfellas or something like that. They may have a lot of cursing in it or drug scenes or anything like that. Vid Angel came up with this idea that they could take a movie and they could edit it. Or as you as a subscriber, you could put on what they call filters. You could filter out bad language, filter out sex scenes, filter out this word, that word, this oh, okay. thing. and then yeah. and it would make the movie to your liking. It uh, wouldn't okay. beep, you know. It wouldn't beep. It would just somehow it worked. Well, Hollywood, even though Vid Angel had purchased the rights to these movies, Hollywood, uh, if I'm saying this correctly, got wind of this. Yeah, sued Vid Angel, said they couldn't do that. So Vid okay. Angel started what's called Dry Bar Comedy. Now, Dry Bar Comedy is a comedy show. It's filmed in Provo, Utah, about an hour and a half south of me. Yeah. And they bring in, they film, uh, I think they're on their fourth season. They just finished their fourth season. Yeah. They'll start the fifth season. And what they do is they bring in comics on Friday and Saturday, and we film uh, basically one episode. We film two episodes, and they edit it together, and it's all clean comedy. Okay. It's all clean. There's hardly... I don't think there's any language. I, I okay. don't know. Yeah. So dry bar comedy has been uh, yeah. you know, dry bar comedy is all clean comics. There's while wow, there are so many on there that can people that have the uh, yeah. Google play store or the, or the iPhone yeah. app store, whatever it's called, you can download the app, which is dry bar comedy. Yeah. Just download that app, dry okay. bar comedy mm-hmm. and search the seasons. I'm on season one. They can oh, search okay. Russ Nagel. My yeah. special is called sons of Anarchy or they can search and watch any comic they want, but it's clean. Oh, okay. It's all, it's all, it's family. You, you never have to worry about offending a two year old mm-hmm. or a 102 year old. Yeah. It's clean comedy. That's what dry bar is. Now I know you are, you are uh, you, you're a resident of Utah and I know one, one comedy club you always kind of um, talk about is wise guys. Why is Wise Guys very, uh, 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 an important comedy club for you? Mainly because it's 10 minutes from my house. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. <laughs> Wise Guys Comedy Club yeah. is important to me because they have three clubs here. Uh, one is literally, um, one is about 20 minutes from my house. One yeah. is about 45 minutes mm-hmm. and one is a little over an hour. Yeah. Uh, I, wise guys are very professionally run. The owners are fantastic people. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the employees are great. Mm. Um, and it, what it wise guys allows me to do is perform and make some money uh-huh. And I'm I'm able to be back home. How how does performing in you to a Utah audience different from the rest of America? Is there is there a difference performing to a Utah audience versus the Nevada Vegas audience or a California or a Wyoming audience? It's I, I guess I don't see it. My my to me my humor 
uh, I relate my humor. I, my humor is related to everybody, I guess. Yeah. It's nothing, it's nothing, nothing specific to one area. Yeah. Uh, I, I could change up some jokes if I'm talking about a person's city. Mm. I, can, I can make jokes about Salt Lake City, but I can take those same jokes and make them work in Buffalo, New York or, yeah. or Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. So in the crowds, I've become, here in Utah, especially yeah. the three clubs that I work, I, I've become a little bit of a draw uh, with my dry bar comedy and my, my Facebook page and my mm-hmm. fan page and my Instagram. I have a lot of people that follow me and they come out and they know my style of humor yeah. and then they'll bring out friends that they think that would enjoy my style of humor. Yeah. Uh, and, but when I do perform in California or Nevada or Arizona or Alabama, yeah. you have to read your crowd and know where you're going. Yeah. You know, I'd like, I don't do any political humor in my shows because no. political humor is in the United States is you're going to make somebody mad you're going to make somebody yeah. mad. And mm-hmm. I just try to stay away from that. Yeah. So Utah crowds uh, at wise guys, they prefer us to yeah. work on the, on the cleaner side. The majority of the comics that work wise guys, I think the majority of them that work wise guys are of a, of a PG PG 13 mm-hmm. nature. Uh, yeah. That's the, the, the owner here. He said one time to me, uh, because I, I didn't know his club and I, I worked a little on the bluer side mm-hmm. or some, some edgy material. And he told me, he said, my people, and he knows his crowds very well. He said, my people come to see a show. They come to see a performance. They're not here just to drink alcohol and get drunk, mm. you know, and eat food. They came to see a performance. Yeah. And I, it's always stuck with me. Now, yeah. with that being said, he bills me, as PG 18. Mm. I'm still parental guidance. So you hear at our clubs in Utah because of that. Well, two clubs only sell. No, I think one club now, uh, the Ogden room, you only have to, they don't sell alcohol. They only sell beer and wine. Mm-hmm. So you can get in at age 16 or 12 or maybe 12. You have to be with a parent. The other clubs you have to have, uh, you have to be 21 because they do serve alcohol. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. But they still bill me as PGAT. And plus, wise guys here in Salt Lake City, uh, West Jordan, and Ogden, yeah. they bring in some. They bring in heavy hitters. Yeah, they bring in some. They bring in some some name comics. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's nice that they give us people that don't have a name a place mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why I always you'll never hear me say anything bad about wise guys, mm-hmm. nor any comedy club that I work per se. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, people pay me money. I'm going to talk good about them. Exactly. Yeah. And also, also, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're not like a TV comic, but you still have, look, you have millions of views on, on the dry bar comedy, um, on the dry bar comedy website. So I will put a link on, on this episode and make sure people do uh, check out your work. Cause I, I like your stuff and I think people will appreciate your stuff. Well, too. Thank you, man. Uh, they go to my website and there's a link to my, uh, a link to my fan page. They can follow me there. That's all comedy. Uh, everything is comedy on my fan page. I do a thing called Tales from the Car Wash. I go up there and I talk every day uh, as I'm getting my car washed. Just real quick, what it is, just, I have a monthly plan. I pay $20 a month uh-huh. to wash my car to the car wash that's just yeah. less than a mile from my house. And it you know pushes you through and the brushes span, yeah. whatever. Uh, I can go as much as I want. Yeah. I and mean, I can go once a day. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the reason that I do go once a day is my sprinkler system at my house. Ah. It just water spots my cars. So yeah. 
while I was up there, I used to do a thing on the ship called Tales from My Cabin. After the shows, I would uh-huh. film that, and I would do that. Well, since I'm not doing that, I just started doing Tales from the Car Wash. I talk yeah. about comedy. I never know what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. So that's on my that's on my fan page that they can get to from my website yeah, yeah. and my and my uh, my Facebook page. They can follow that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, even th- even though you're not like working as much as you'd like to you're still working you're still trying to be create and be entertain entertaining on any kind of platform like social media platform and that's important for you as a performer you want to perform you want people to know you're still there and when 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 time does come for the ships to start going again or clubs mm-hmm. start opening you're there you're right you're ready to go you're ready exactly. to roll Exactly. And, and a lot of my friends don't do that. And that's fine. Yeah. A lot of my friends are, are just cruise ship entertainers. They didn't work the road like I did. So, oh, okay. So like, you know, I recently got a call from a booking agency that mm-hmm. wanted me to come to Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working on that date. Yeah. We're working on that date. And, and when it comes time, people that follow me will know and I promote and yeah, uh, yeah I'm trying to stay relevant in this yeah. business. When I do have a job to come back to, I, I don't want people to have forgotten who I was. Yeah. And like I said, if I could give them a joke a day, a laugh a day, then I've kind of done my job, I guess. Exactly. Try to. Now, one of, one of the things I was, I, I've always wanted to know, whenever I seen you at the comedy club, okay, and I, and I was, how are you, Russ? And you'd be in your zone. You're always in the zone. And, and many people have different ways of getting in the zone. But one thing for you was always music. What kind of music do you listen to Listen to pump you up for, for a, a gig? You always have your headphones on. You listen to some music. What music do you listen to? I, I, you remember this. Yeah, I do. I, mm. I'm not a music guy. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I listen to music. listen to music on my motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, I don't listen to music in my cars. I'm mm. always okay. on a news station. Mm-hmm. I have no music going in my house. Yeah. But... On the ships, on the ships mostly, when I uh, would get out of the shower, get ready for my shows, I would put mm-hmm. in my earbuds. And I have two songs that I start with uh, every day. Yeah. And uh, both of those are uh, Christian songs. Um, so two Christian songs. Uh, actually, more than that. But there's two main ones that I listen to. And then I'm either, when I come down to the showroom, I'm either listening to Christian music and or classic rock. But I would okay. say in the latter part, I'd say the, in the last two years, the majority of the music that I listen to before I go on stage is Christian music. That's what I, that, that's probably, but let's do them mostly. Oh, okay. Most. Or you could listen to Christian rock and you get the balance, eh? Well, I think the music that I listen to is Christian rock. Let's put oh, it like okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, so I, I listen to Crowder uh, and Mercy Me. Okay, and Casting Crowns, and, right. and they're more. Yeah, they're they're. Uh, there's a couple of Chris Tomlin songs that I listen to. Okay, and the one that I say that I listen to first is mm-hmm. one that uh, that my middle son uh, turned me on to many, many, many years ago. That mm-hmm. was his favorite song. And not to be, I lost my child, uh, you know, about 11 years ago. And so I kind of listened to that to kind of listen to that before, before I start my day because oh, it reminds okay, me yeah. of him. Yeah. So that's yeah, my, for that's sure. Yeah. So it, 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 it keeps them in the room. It keeps them, it, it, yeah. it keeps the memory. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I, you, you've seen my shows at the, I have. at the, each of every one of my shows at the very end, 
I say something at my shows. Do you remember what that is? At the when very end. Up, when I look up and I point. Um, I say, I go, that's for you. I never, I never knew about this. I never, that's my first time. You, no, I, you yeah. don't pay attention. Well, it, it's, always it's pay I attention. No, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't know about your son. I did not because I don't well, know. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to bring it up, but at the end yeah. of my shows, uh, you'll hear me. And I got to do it in Cheyenne, uh, July the 11th. It's yeah. the first time that I, although that I think of my son every day, yeah. uh, at the end of all my shows, uh, I, I finish up. I go, thank you folks. My name's Russ Nagel. That's for you, Jeremy. And I say that at the end of every one of my shows, since the day I came back to work from the day that we laid him to rest in 2000, uh, 2009, right? 2009. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that, uh, but yeah, that's the, you asked me about the music. Yeah. And the reason I got into music or at least in, I was listening to one country, uh, Christian song. Well, that was my son's favorite song. So that's the one I start my day with. That's when I get out of the shower, that's the first song that I listen to. Yeah. uh, Of of the day. Yeah. So, but that's, but that's what, when people see me at a showroom, I'm listening to Christian rock or classic rock. Depends on how I'm banging my head. Yeah. 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 (laughs) My apologies. Okay. Oh no, there's nothing to apologize. Sometimes people would come up, you know, we did the five shows. People would come up to me the third, fourth or fifth show and they would ask me who is Jeremy. Oh, okay. And and I would just say to them, that's uh, somebody that's very special to me. Ah. And uh, over the years I've changed that. Uh, Yeah. The night that my mother passed away, I said, that's for you, mom. And when I lost my dad, I said, that's for you, dad. Uh, So when I've, when I lose somebody close to me, um, yeah, it's always that's for you, Jeremy. But mm. if I lose somebody close to me, uh, then I'll change it up. Oh, okay. It's just yeah. I just I don't know something yeah. something yeah. I do that that I'm not ashamed of, and mm-hmm. I'm not looking for I'm not looking for any kind of response. Yeah. I just yeah. letting my son know that I'm always thinking about him. Yeah, no, that's that's important. Let me, let, let me interview for just two questions. Uh, Go. What uh, when the ships come back? Carnival, for instance. Mm. Are, are you are you coming back? Are you going to attempt to? No, I haven't been on a ship since January two thousand nineteen. I, I I came off the ships two thousand nineteen. Really? Yeah, I haven't I haven't worked on ships uh, since I've I've been on, on land since January. I've been working here in Dublin since okay. April last year so now that's my sh- my ship days are over with you know my ship has sailed my ship has <laughs> sailed but, but never say never go on well well the next question would have been yeah uh, what are you doing during this global pandemic are you able to work or are you also unemployed as well me? i'm i'm in employment i work in tourism so i work as a tour guide uh in, 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 in tourist oh, yeah. terrorism a, a, a terrorist <laughs> i work as a terrorist now i work as a tour guide so i, that, I, I that would be northern ireland wouldn't it <laughs> yeah perhaps yeah but i work as a, as a tour guide so like i have a lot of like americans over and we're lacking them okay. at the moment um so uh again it's the same situation um so i i, was, I wasn't working per se for okay. three months and i'd be back so okay well two weeks ago well, I, I got back to work Okay, well, good. That's uh, you know, it's funny. Is 
no country is allowing us anywhere as far as no. Canada, yeah. Europe, Mexico, yeah. the yeah. Bahamas. <laughs> you know, there was no yeah. need to, for us to build a border wall because, you know, we can't get out. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's the thing when the ships do come back is are we going to hit any ports? You know, I was in a uh, uh, princess. I was in Belfast. Yeah. Uh, I joined the ship in Belfast. Matter oh, of fact, wow, okay. yeah, we, yeah. hit a, we hit a couple of other ports, yeah. uh, which was beautiful by the way. Yeah. Uh, and even when the ships were to come back, they're talking about, you know, just going to sea for two, three, four, five days because there's no ports right now. Anyway, yeah. no one's open. Not, not necessarily not allowing Americans in. Yeah. They're just not allowing anybody in. They oh, wow. Want, okay. Yeah. Want, uh, yeah. Yeah, we got to get this. We have to get this virus under control. Definitely, hundred percent. All right, Russ. Um, is uh, again, it's been great to talk to you. Uh, give my love to your family, and uh, hopefully, some down, someday down the line, if uh, if I'm in Utah or you're over in Ireland, uh, we'll hook, hook up, catch you for a drink. Maybe you can uh, give me a lift on the back of your Harley. Who knows? <laughs> that that. Uh, yeah, that, that the chances of that happening are going to be slim. Uh, okay. Much as I like you, uh, yeah, that's uh, may, maybe my ride. Uh, you know, in, in America we call that riding bitch. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Maybe my maybe you can ride on the back of my wife's. Oh, okay, you're her. a lone rider. Okay, okay, <laughs> it ruin your street cred. No, no, okay. no. I don't put. I put my wife. I put my wife on the ah, back if she wants okay. to ride with me. Oh, okay. Or I put my kids or my grandkids. Oh, okay. Or I would put my sister. Bikers don't put men on their motorcycles. Okay, okay. Rule of, I, I, I've taken note of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All take right, care of yourself, easy. Shane. Bye, bye. Right, See, buddy. You. See you. Bye. See you. Take it easy. Bye. So yes, that was Russ Nagel, America's funniest biker. And I, again, I will, I will post all his, um, his details. You know, you can check him out on Dry Bar Comedy. You can find him on his website. Now that that is that's where um, my my ship friends. I'm going to bring this kind of to a close for the time being, and I'm going to focus next week. Um, for next for the whole month of. July, August is I'm going to focus on the Fringe Festival. Don't know what the Fringe Festival is. It's basically the biggest comedy festival in the world. And there's many other things going on. There's many other creative outlets and performances going on. It happens in Edinburgh every year. Now, this year it's not going to happen because of what is happening around the world. But there is going to be some virtual events, virtual events going on. And I'm going to have some very special guests on. If you did like what you heard today, guys, my name is Shane. This is Heartlines. And... Please like, subscribe, comment. And remember, you're always welcome here in Heartlines. Take it easy. Bye-bye.